Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz singer Beverly Church Hogan. She opened up about a fairy tale life of hers in music and otherwise. She opened up about her new 2022 CD, Sweet Invitation. This 86 year old singer was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Whenever she sang on stage live or on radio, she became exhilarated with the audience's response by singing her way through the American Standard Songbook. She lived next door to the legendary Oscar Peterson in Montreal and was swept away as she listened to him practicing many hours on his magical piano. He gave her a gift without even knowing it. You should hear this story and so many others. It's a great one. It's wondrous. Enjoy. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. This is such a treat for me, Joe. Thank you. I I love you as an interviewer. You are an amazing interviewer. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, you, you get you get into the core and the heart of of how people were back in that time, and then you keep coming up further and further into their present life. It's amazing what you pull out and what you do. I, I appreciate that. That that means that means the world to me. That's that's really why I wanted to do this to begin with, because you know that's really the essence. I think sometimes musicians get hit so much with the specifics of the craft, but it's really about what's behind the motivation and the soul of what people do and why they do it. That's very very rare, though, that an an interviewer would do that and going back into their head and their heart at the same time, and that's what fascinates me with you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And what I want to do before I get into Sweet Invitation is I want to know... You know, COVID was a tumultuous time for every human on the planet, and it changed all of us. And as mm-hmm. artists, it really worked in a very, a more arduous way because everything just came grinding to a halt. It was hard to release mm-hmm. albums. But does this album feel really good right now, cathartic almost, that it's coming out, things are opening up, the mm-hmm. world's kind of getting to a better place? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 uh, to all of that. I mean, uh, COVID for us was uh, really... I don't know if I should tell you this on radio, but it was damning for me because I lost three beautiful family members in COVID, and, and I couldn't get to them, and it was uh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah, COVID really was not my friend, but I, you know, I tried to go along with it, but it was hard, and not singing was, was difficult. Yeah, I have a... 17-year-old special needs son, and he loves two things more than anything, Major League Baseball and school. So when that happened in March, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, everything came to a halt, and, you know, it has a monopoly on it. You know, you got to pivot, move, but it's devastating. The, the, the loss mm-hmm. of life and everything mm-hmm. that went into it, because it wasn't like one or two or three things was affected. It was like our entire existence Everything uh-huh. was uh-huh. affected, and I'm even still in shock now whenever I have, you know, the world doing things that it did pre-2020, and I'm still trying to adjust. So we're all going through a psychological quagmire dealing with this. That's true. That's true. And actually, though, out of that that um, horrible pandemic came um, a song on my uh, CD because of me losing the most wonderful, wonderful man I had in my life. He was in his 90s, but he was such a super giant to me. And um, and he was in the business 
way, way back where he was a big manager to a lot of stars. But um, he he was everything in my life. I loved him dearly, and, and he was fine, and he got COVID, and within two days, he was gone. And so he always loved that one song that I did on my album called Lost in, in His Arms because he chose that song for me way, way back, and he said, you got to sing this song. This is your song. And and so I did um, on this new CD I have on Sweet Invitation. It was very sad, Jerry. But out of out of it came, I got lost in his arms. And so that will live on in my life forever for him, you know. Well, and I think that's the thing that we all learned over this time. If we didn't have art, it would have been a very, very, very dark time. If we didn't have TV, film, music, anything yes, artistic. Yes, related. yes, so, yes, yes. You know, to have that healing power of having that song out there forever mm-hmm. is big. So the rest of the album, how did you artistically construct this particular release? Well, what I usually do, with, especially with on my first one, too, my first album that came out in 2018, I, I just reach deep and think about a certain time in my life, and I, and I choose the song for that certain time. So it's always a... Uh, a blink of an eye moment in my long life and and that I have that I must I have to sing it and uh, that's how this uh, album came about uh, there were certain songs that I, I I truly loved like falling in love with love is from my youth and I um, I thought oh, it's time for me to put that in because I remember when I sang it how I felt at that time when I was a teenager. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's how I, I, I choose my songs. I, I choose all of them. And, of course, uh, John Prue, who is my musical director, arranger, and my rock, uh, he's been with me for way over 10 years. Uh, our, our, I, I don't read any music. I can't read a note of music, but I have an incredible ear. And I know where... You know, I want the bass to be, and John is right there with me, and he'll suggest uh, certain things. And, and it's pure joy, Joe, to be with uh, John and arranging and getting my show ready. Like, I just had a sh- big show at the Catalina Jazz Club on June 5th, and it was, it was wonderful uh, because the, my musicians, I'm in such awe and respect for my musicians because... I I have them, some of them have been with me for over 10 years also, and it's a pleasure. And the thrill for me is when I come off stage and they tell me that they can feel and hear the love I have for the musicians and they feel the love that the musicians have for me. So it's just not a job for them. They love being there, and I, and I, 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 I excel when I'm on stage with them. That's how I feel. And each song is precious for me because, uh, like I said, it's always a blink of a moment, a uh, blink of an eye moment for me or when I choose my songs. I love, I love the songs I choose. That's wonderful. And I'm curious, what are you hoping, not only with this, but in general, what's your hope for the listener, what they'll get out of this album? Well, you know, I I have always, since I was, uh, went sort of professional in, uh, when I was 16 years old, um, 
I am hoping that um, that they will think that I am sitting right next to them and that my song that I'm singing to them uh, becomes their song. And I'm hoping that each song that I sing, as they think I'm sitting right beside them, that it will bring up a moment of a blink of an eye moment in their life. Like I had three people tell me June 5th, and they usually do every time, that I made, I made them cry. And I know then I did my job. I touched their heart. And, uh, you know, I'm not a scat singer. I'm just a singer. I have had no training. And I just sing from, from my heart. And it comes out of my, my, my throat. And I'm, I'm wishing for them to have that special moment that I feel. And I've been pretty successful in when I've done my shows. And I, that makes me very, very happy. I love that answer. So talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how you got so into not only music, but jazz and singing. Okay. So I was born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, you know, you couldn't go to a movie theater until you were 16 at that time. Uh, and I, uh, I was a secret singer. I mean, I never let anyone know that I enjoyed music, and I did love music. Oh, my gosh. I remember when I first heard Billy Eckstein, and, and I, I thought, oh, my God, this is an amazing the way he sings. And then came Margaret Whiting was first, and I, I noticed her phrasing. I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old, and I, I – the words, the lyrics always, always penetrated in me because my father was away in World War II and he did not come back because he fought for England and England owned can or ruled Canada at that time. So he did not come back for six years. Um, so I kind of went in fields near my house or somewhere and I would sing. Nobody knew. And then one day... Uh, um, I was probably about seven, eight years old. My grandmother lived right next door to Oscar Peterson's uh, grandmother. And so in the summertime, I noticed that this boy would come bounding up the stairs, and I knew exactly the time that he was going to go visit his grandmother. Never saw him in the winter. Just saw him for, you know, a few couple of weeks, maybe three weeks in the summer. And, and I knew his name was Oscar Peterson, and, and my grandmother was very close to her, uh, his grandma. So anyway, every time he flew up those stairs, I'd say, Hi, Oscar, I'm Beverly. And he said, Hi, Beverly. And he would run up the stairs. And then I would sit there because he would practice. I could hear him practicing, and of course the windows were closed. And so I just just yearned to hear music. And so anyway, I said to my grandmother, ask his grandmother, please, to have me come in the room so I can listen to him. I'll be very quiet. I said, I won't say a word. But his grandmother got back to mine and said, Oscar's too shy to have her in there. He can't practice. He won't be able to practice when he knows someone's watching him. 
But the next day, what he did for me, he came bounding up the stairs. Hi, Oscar. It's Beverly. Hi, Beverly. And he, I mean, he flew up those stairs. But he opened the window for me wide. And I was on my gallery, and his gallery was, or that window was very close to um, the gallery I was on. And I would sit. And as, this is crazy, but as he was doing the scales, what did I know about scales? Uh, I would like make up uh, a, a, like a song um, or sing a song that I knew to try and get it to become, uh, you know, that he was playing for me. He was just so playing for me. And so anyway, um, I was thrilled with that. So when I was 11, there was an amateur show going on at a big theater, and my mother again didn't know, and I said to her, I want to go and audition at this uh, amateur show. And she said, for what? And I said, I want to sing. She said, you sing? And I said, yes. So I said, will you go with me? And she said, no. She said, you go by yourself. She said, because you can do this and you can see what it's like to have to make a decision by yourself. I was 11. So, but, you know, it's like, it's different when you're, when you're a World War II uh, kid growing up. So I went to the theater and I saw people handing the um, piano player, they had a trio, uh, white, white sheets of paper, and I thought, what is that? And I was all alone in a dark theater with a big theater, and they called me Beverly Leglise, which is Beverly Church, and I thought, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And so my voice said to me, you get up and you walk, you go and walk up on that stage. So I went, up to, I went on the stage, and the piano player said, where's your chart? I said, oh, that's what it is. And I said, I don't have one, but if you, if, if I'll start to sing and you follow me. Can you believe that? So I sang and I sang and I got, um, I was on the, uh, the amateur show for four weeks and won. And my prize was uh, a radio spot on, um, on the Montreal CKVL radio station. And so I won that, and I went to um, to sing, and they asked me to come in for a few months, and I used to, you know, get in uh, into pretty clothes and run down the, the radio station, I would sing. And, um, and then at 16, I had the ultimate pleasure of, uh, of being uh, hired to be in this uh, beautiful, beautiful show. It was for the Royal Canadian um, Legion show. And the Royal Canadian Air Force flew us. It was a big show. And I was hired as, quote, unquote, the, the jazz singer. I was 16. But I sang really very, very um, passionate songs because I had all that passion in me for singing. And um, we flew, Joe, to the most obscure secret Air Force bases like Labrador, Greenland, where all the Air Force women and men were housed. It was in the, only in the winter. It was the most amazing, amazing, amazing experience anyone could have, especially when you're – it was like a Bob – Bob Hope Troop show, but it really wasn't. It was very Canadian. And uh, so I really got my 
my feelings from there, and I would choose all my songs, some swing, but but I noticed that when I sang the love songs, they would go crazy in their little theater, so I really always loved to tell, I thought, that's it, I have to become a storyteller. So I did that from until uh, I was 21, and then I left Canada and came to the United States. And I made sure that I never fell in love in Canada because I never wanted anyone to keep me there at all. So uh, three days after I was here, I met my husband. I fell madly in love. He fell madly in love. He was from New York. And we, we dated for quite a while and then got married. And then I had a little baby girl. And um, I started to think, I wonder if I could go back to singing because I had not not sung a note, and my my husband did not know that I was a singer. So I have no idea, recollect, because it was so long, long ago, but I got myself into this phone number. I have no idea how I got it, and before I knew it, I w went to Capitol Records, and Capitol Records um, saw me, and I went in the elevator, and I went into... Um, this room, and there were quite a, quite a few um, entertainers there. I knew that they were very professional. And, I mean, I, I had no idea. My heart was pounding in my mouth when I was in that building. And so I got out of the elevator, and, went, and, and, and I thought, I think my life is going to change. And so they had reel-to-reel -reel tapes at that time. And so they had a trio there, and they I sang. And they were impressed with what I sang. I didn't have, I mean, I didn't even have any, any arrangements, nothing. So they sent me to Vegas. They, they took me, um, and the plane and I went to Vegas and I met this guy at the big hotel. I can't even remember. And it was on stage and he played for me and he called Capitol and he said, she don't change her style. She's got something that's not, the you know the, the run of the mill he said but she needs fabulous arrangements so I flew got back to Capitol had another meeting my husband still didn't know what I that I what I was doing and uh, so they they said to me we'll give you a record contract and you're going to have 58 straight weeks of work and I said but I have a little baby and they said just get a get a nanny for the baby you, you know it's going to be too hard for you to take that to take the baby, and then I drove home, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not good, this is not good, so I, I went to the house, opened the door, and sitting on the sofa was my, ha uh, my very handsome, aspiring, advertising husband, and on the floor was my 16-month-old baby, and I thought, this is crazy, I can't do this, so I go to the phone, and I remember saying that once you make this phone call, Beverly, you cannot have any regrets of what if, maybe, and I called them and I thanked them so profusely, saying, I'm so sorry, but I have to turn it down. And they said, are you kidding me? I remember to this day the tone of their voice. Are you kidding me? Do you know what we just offered you? I said, yes, I know, but I'm sorry. I, You know, I cannot leave my baby and I cannot leave my husband. So that was it. And I took the silence of singing for 40 years. I never sang. And then in 2003, 2004, 
somebody was at a, uh, uh, a party, and I was at the party, and I had made a record uh, at someone's house uh, for this person. Uh, I didn't put it out or anything, but I did some wonderful songs on it. And I had musicians. This guy was my friend, the piano player, and he brought in some music uh, musicians that were great. And he played it at the house. And this guy said to me, uh, I'm sorry, this guy went to uh, the host and said, who's that singing? And And he said, she's right over there. So he came to me and he said, I have a spot every Tuesday night at the famous Catalina Jazz Club in Hollywood. Well, I knew that club very well. I thought, oh, my God, this is, like, so beautiful. And he said, I'd like you to come this Tuesday and sing, will you? And I said, sure. So I did. And I uh, and the word got out among people that I knew, and they said, what? You sing, you sing, you sing. And so they all came to see me, and it, the place was packed. And Catalina, after I got off stage, Catalina Pescu came up to me, put her arms around, and said, Hello, I'm Catalina. Listen to me very carefully. You need to come in here with your own show. Call me. <laughs> and the rest is history. That's a wonderful story, and I can tell from from the word go with you that there's a radiance. You you, you have you have a radiance about who you are, and I all of those images of Oscar Peterson playing. You you could have one of the best children's books explaining your life, and Norman Rockwell could be the the artist doing it. I mean, every all the vignettes that you put out there are are so full of imagery and and beauty. It's it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Well, I've had an interesting life. Uh, I never, ever, I never yearn for my, my, my youth, ever. I yearn for, to be a better performer, and I yearn to be, to stay healthy. Because as you know, in two years, I will be 90. And I'm hoping next year I'll have another CD that I want to make. I have, you know, some ideas for. And uh, I really would like to be one that uh, could live until 100 and sing until 100 because I, I have all this passion in me. And I just know that my musicians are so important to me. I mean, I can hear their music always in my head. And that's what I, I yearn for. I, I yearn that I never, ever, ever, ever. Uh, will lose my passion inside of my heart because it's it always it's like my my passion cup runneth over all the time because I always have these ideas and and it stimulates me and um, I I want to keep that because I believe that age is like people will always say age is just a number but. Standing before me is that person that's saying that she's probably four or he's probably 40 or 50. And nobody knows what it's like until you get there to be in your 80s. 80s is a, is a, a life-changing thing. It, it really is. I can't really explain what it does to you, but, and you, you have to go along with, with the change and, and be proud of that number. That number is, uh, is great, and, and you need to to honor it. And so that's why I've never, ever been um, sort of feeling, oh, I can't say my 
age. A lot of a lot of singers will not say how old they are, but I say, hey, own it. It's beautiful. It gives you, for me, it gives me inspiration to get to the other number. I've always tried, Joe, every since my twenties, to get ready for my next decade. I always feel that if I could fill this decade that I'm in with such fervor and 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 the passion and music 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 i'm going to slide into my next decade uh really i'll be dancing in there that's what i want that's wonderful so i'm curious you know based on all of the wisdom and and all of the years of, of experience that you've had on this planet if you have a dream tonight and you run into yourself say when when you were 16 and you had your first performance and you could give your younger self one piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've gained throughout all these years. What would you say to your younger version? I would say that if you have a dream that's deep in your your head, like my secret dream was, I mean, I kept all that to myself, uh, you must not let anything stop you. Uh, you don't have to be aggressive about it, but you have to find a way that you can make the turn. You have to find a way that you can take that dream and find the solution for the dream because you must not, not ever, ever feel, ah, oh, I could have, I would have, I, I, I should have, I should have, I would have, I could have. Uh, that's the, the right words. But you need to do it. Just do it. And even if it's difficult, uh, nothing seems to be easy, especially now. Um, you, you just say, I, I can. I can. And I am. It seems like a simple question, but, it, but, it, but it's actually quite heavy. Why do you love jazz? I love the feeling that it gives me. I, I, I have to tell you who is a hero of mine. I, I never met him. I don't know him. I love his music. I play his music in my house. My house is always filled with music. Um, I, I get up in the morning and I put certain records on or whatever. And it, 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 like, when I'm feeling, uh, when I'm feeling sort of icky, I could put Jack Sheldon on with that, that film, that record that he made, Jack's Back, that big heavy duty band he's got. And I love that. Um, I could do ballads when I'm in a somber mood and like I could put um, a Sarah on or Carmen on and it it's the feeling that it gives me. That's why I love jazz. It's part of, it's if I were on medication, that would be my medication to take because it makes me feel deep inside of my heart and my head. And they combine, and I can't wait to sing. I just want to sing. You know, when you look back on your life with all the accomplishments and everything you've done, what brings a, a big smile to your face? What What is it that you've done that you might say you're the proudest of? That I've survived through a lot. I've survived it all. And, and this is what I wanted to tell you that I just it left my mind. The one hero that I have in my head is the story of Miles Davis. Miles went through hell torture, but when he came back, he always reinvented his music. 
he always came in with a different sound. And that fascinated me most of my life when he always returned of what he did. I mean, from from the time he began until the time he ended, it was quite an amazing adventure that he went through. And he never gave up. I mean, he just said, I'm doing it. I am this, and I'm going to do it this way. And and as you know, his music is is all kinds of of, of adjectives. I mean, it's it's this and it's that and it's this and it's that. So um, yeah, I think that's basically it. I mean, I just I just want to keep going on because as long as I have, I yearn I yearn for help all the time, and. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen on my third CD because uh, I'm so happy and proud of my first two CDs. That's wonderful. I actually get the Miles thing well. I have one son, and his name is Miles. So, oh. I, I <laughs> so you want, but you do you understand what I'm talking about? Reinventing, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you just yeah, don't he, give up. No, and he is the ultimate phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, I've always been, you know, interested, and I don't make it a centerpiece, but when I've talked to people that have been with him, I always hear that he was one of the the best listeners. Like, he yeah. was one of those guys that he just honed in and could listen to things in a way, and it made him that much better. I think that was one of the reasons why he was so good at what he did. Um, yes, 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 for sure, yeah. for sure. Yes, but he was fascinating to me, and I thought, wow, I mean, you know, forget all the the awful things that he went through, but it's I'm talking just about pure music. I mean, he the way he reinvented himself and 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 me 40 years of not singing and I sort of rose from the ashes. And I I mean, you know, I'm 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 not well known out there at all, but I I just feel that um what I'm doing I'm proud of and I'm proud of to be able to, I, I have a great big show coming up on uh, December 1st at Feinstein's at Vitello's, and it'll be my first time streaming. So I'm so excited about that. I, I, I know now that people in the UK and Spain and Canada now can, can hone in and, and listen to my show that, I, that I'm so proud of because I have the same, same musicians that are coming for me at Feinstein's at Vitello's on December 1st that I had on my CD, which is rare because, you know, you never get them all. But they're all going to be back on stage with me on that date. And that is thrilling to me to get ready to get that show together. So that's why don't give up on your dreams. Nobody should. Try, try. Try other avenues. See what the solution is. You can... It's it's awful if you have to put your dream away. I did for forty years, but I knew when the time was right, and I thought it's time. I, I'm going back, and it was it was fine. So everyone has a perception of you: your family, your friends, your fans. But ultimately, you live your life. You have a perception I, of who you are. Who are you? Yes, I I'm a strong woman. I overcome a lot of things, uh, health problems. I've overcome. Um, I, I feel I'm a, a really kind person. Uh, kindness to me is so important in my life. I, I like to give. 
um, to people. I, I, I have, I'll tell you what I'm still working on. Um, I'm working on patience. I, you know, it's, it's, it's always difficult if I'm in a situation and my patience is worn. Then I'll take another direction, uh, to be on that road of kindness. I think it's, so important for everybody to be kind, whether they're on a street corner, in a grocery store, in their home, uh, wherever they are. The word kindness sometimes, just look around, look around you and, and be aware. I, I've all, I think I was born really with a gift and I have a very keen, keen sense of awareness. I'm aware of everything around me, in front of me, in back of me. And I, you know, sometimes we forget to look up. We just forget to do that. We just forget to look up. I love that answer. Beverly, thank you for opening up. Thank you for the music. Good luck with everything. You're a, you're a titan of, of a person, and it's been a wonder to talk to you and to, to get the great story. So I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. You are such a treat, Joe, really, truly. And I thank you so much for taking the time to want to interview me. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. Where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and singers in Montreal, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Beverly for her time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And if you want to kick in a little bit, you can go to joedomino.com. And there is Patreon and PayPal. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. With me. Neon Jazz.